My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of the Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question. Are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? Jesus said to them in reply, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. And blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal palaces. Then why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen, I say to you, among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Sadly, when we hear on the news or read on our timelines a report of a police officer being killed in the line of duty, of a hate-filled attack that's terrorized the community, of a church being burned to the ground by some deranged arsonist. We've almost become desensitized to how incredibly evil those things truly are. Those types of stories have almost been accepted as just an ordinary report of just some more bad news for the week. Yet when all three of those things happened this past week, all about 10 miles from where we're sitting, the proximity of all that made it too real, too horrific and evil and all too shocking. It started Tuesday with these two monstrous anti-Semitic terrorists launching an attack on a kosher supermarket in Jersey City, which left six people dead. Considering the number of weapons that these terrorists had on them and the location of the supermarket being connected to a, a Jewish school that had over 50 children in session at the time, I shudder to think about how this could have been an even more horrific attack. And among the six victims who were killed was an Ecuadorian man by the name of Miguel Rodriguez, who had just returned to work after being on vacation. He had only started his shift 30 minutes earlier, and his last act was an act of bravery as he cleared an exit, opened the door, and held it open so two other individuals could escape from being shot and killed before that happened to him. Earlier before, these same two terrorists began this 
diabolical evil by encountering Detective Joseph Seals. He had approached them as they were parked in a van. And one of Detective Seals' primary tasks for the Jersey City Police Department had been getting illegal firearms off the streets, for which he had been incredibly successful and had been commended for that throughout his close to 15 years on the department. Tuesday, he was just doing an investigation, believing that this van had somehow been involved in a homicide over the, the past weekend. And as he approached the van, they simply shot and killed this, this decorated selfless officer right there on the street. Completely devastating the community, the department, and most especially his family, leaving behind his wife and five children. Wednesday morning, still reeling and trying to process from that horrific news, we learned that the most blessed sacrament church in Franklin Lakes, New Jersey, had been completely destroyed in a fire that had broken out at 1.30 in the morning. The fire was a result of a 26-year-old arsonist who was still on the scene when the firefighters and the police officers arrived. He had broken into the church, had a can of gasoline and a lighter, and just incinerated the entire sanctuary. These were just horrible acts or random tragedies. They were deliberate evil acts right in our own backyard. And just seeing and hearing the faces of people in shock and grief. Last night, one of the, the police officer's friends happened to be at the mass I was celebrating out in Nutley and talking to him afterwards, you could see how he's just struggling with disbelief and just sadness. And knowing how many people in our very area have just been directly affected by these horrific events is hard to shake especially as you drive around and you hear Christmas songs on the radio and see decorations springing up all over. Knowing these realities exist in, in mid-December only heightens the emotion and pain. Maybe that's an idealized thing from our childhoods that makes us want to lodge a complaint with, with the Lord, reminding him it should be a sadness-free zone this close to his birthday. It's a difficult lesson in life to come to realize that whether it's the Christmas season or not, and whether you're the most devout of believers or not, the reality that life happens, that bad things can happen to good, bad, and people that somewhere fall in between those realities is just that. It's a reality we have to acknowledge, and it's a reality that's very difficult to accept. Just sitting with my own prayer list of names and faces of people struggling with one thing or another and praying with this gospel reading, it was striking to, to see the realization that no one is immune to the harshness in life. And that can leave any one of us doubtful or scared or confused, wondering where is God in all of this? Even the most devout of believers like John the Baptist. In this gospel we just heard, John asked Jesus, are you the one who's to come or should we look for another? That's a pretty big deal. These two have a, a family history. John the Baptist and Jesus were cousins. When their two mothers, Elizabeth and Mary, were carrying them in their wombs and they, they met each other, the Gospels tells us that John leapt in Elizabeth's womb. Right from his conception, John the Baptist, the future prophet, recognized that in Jesus... God was coming into the world in a dramatically new 
history-shifting way. Last Sunday in the Gospel, we fast-forwarded a few decades and we heard how John had spent his entire life proclaiming God's word to his people, calling people to prepare the way for the Lord by repenting, by turning away from their sins, by receiving his baptism of repentance in that Jordan River. On one occasion, when cousin Jesus himself comes to that river and is looking for that baptism, John hesitates. He knows that Jesus is mightier than he is. And John argues that it should be the other way around. John should be baptized by Jesus. When John the Baptist relents, Jesus can be convincing, and he baptizes Jesus, we learn that the sky broke into two. The Spirit descends upon Jesus, and the voice of God the Father is heard saying, this is my beloved Son, listen to him. How awesome a moment. What a greater validation could John the Baptist have ever received and experienced that Jesus was the one. He is the Son, the Lord, the Messiah. He's the one all humanity had been waiting for. But now we find him in this, this gospel tonight, and we get a completely different side of things. John sends his friends to go to Jesus and ask him a question. A question he can't ask himself. He can't ask himself because he's in prison. He's chained. He's being tortured. And his life is in the hands of a tyrant who will ultimately decide to behead him at the bizarre request of a woman who basically gave the tyrant a lap dance. But that's a story for another day. John is suffering, though. John's experiencing tremendous threats and worries. John fears his life is in danger, which it is. So with all that weighing on his mind, John asks his friends to go to his cousin Jesus and say, are you the one who's to come or should we look for another? John the Baptist, who Jesus will say after hearing that question that there has been none greater than this prophet, he gives voice to all of our fears, all of our doubts, all of our discouragements, whatever the trial, whatever the extremes that we are encountering in life, when we can easily feel helpless or hopeless. This one question from John can speak to those and many other questions that remain unasked. When we too want to ask or wonder, Jesus is not supposed to be this hard or this difficult. Jesus is hard to believe in you with all these terrible things that are happening around us or when rough things are happening to my family and friends or even to myself. Jesus, are you the one who is to come? John the Baptist's humanity comes out as he's sitting in this cell and he's experiencing this dark, dark night of the soul. But rather than seeing this as a lapse of faith, I actually think it's the complete opposite. Because he asks Jesus the question. That tells us that John hasn't given up his faith in Jesus. Had he given up, he could have simply abandoned Jesus, lashed out about him to his friends, and maybe simply tried to find a way out of the terrible situation that he found himself in. But instead, in the midst of the darkness, with the heavy heart of a man who's cut off, who's alone, who's facing this uncertain future, his memory still recalls that day in the Jordan River when he heard the voice of God the Father calling Jesus his beloved son. 
It might seem a distant memory at the moment. It might seem so far removed that he might be wondering, was that a dream or did that really happen? But that memory still resonates in his heart. John still believes, as hard as it might be in that situation, he still believes in Jesus. Rather than closing in on himself and letting all the fears and the doubts that continue to eat away at his faith and his belief and his trust in Jesus, what does he do? He shares his pain and his faith, his fears and his doubts with his friends and his followers. And he tells them to do what? Go to Jesus. Ask the question, Jesus, are you the one? He's looking for Jesus to speak into his desolation. Not just to give him a hang in there, buddy, pep talk. But to speak faith-filled words that will renew John's hope. And what an amazingly beautiful, hope-filled response Jesus gives to him. We don't get any parables or short answers or dodges. Jesus answers him directly. He says, go tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind regain their sight. The, The lame are walking. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The poor have the good news proclaimed to them. Jesus is ushering in a new era. He proclaims to John and to all who will listen that the world is changing. God has come and remains with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Yes, with that arrival, all of creation is being renewed. John might not feel it at the moment. And here's the thing. We might not either from time to time when we know so many people who are suffering or are in pain or are feeling lost or feeling without hope. There are still evil forces to contend with. Yet the good news is that those aren't the ends of any of our stories. As messed up, as painful as the dark night that you're going through might be, as terrible or scared or afraid as we might be, the call of Advent is to not give up, to cry out, come, Lord Jesus, whose coming puts the forces of evil on notice that their reign is coming to an end. The very fact that we're here is because people have experienced some of that renewal and that recreation. And that's why we're encouraged to rejoice this Sunday at what has already been experienced in this world. To not let the waiting for the darkness to completely disappear, to not let the ongoing trials that we face prevent us from going to Jesus but to rejoice in the Lord always, to rejoice God is near, to rejoice God is with us, to rejoice in Jesus' victory on the cross, being risen from the grave that's upended history forever, to rejoice that in him and through him, we're promised that we too will experience victory over the death and over grave. That's not to say We're to deny our feelings or pretend that there's not atrocious things that that still happen in the world or in our worlds. But we can't let the evil one to compound his attacks by our giving into despair. St. James in the, the second reading tonight said, You too must be patient. Make your hearts firm because the coming of the Lord is at hand. Easier said than done for sure. And it's understandable if we find ourselves like, John the Baptist asking, are you the one with our own questions? 
But too often, people let that be the point of departure rather than doing what John did and, and go to Jesus and asking him, crying out to him, letting him enter in and to bring about that change and that renewal and that healing to the hurting world and our own hurts that long to be renewed and recreated.